What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl Season 6, Episode 17, titled, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. And personally, I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, it had too much uh, Lex and Nixley in it, honestly, um, which we'll we'll get into. But uh, I really liked, I loved all the dance and stuff. Kelly and, and Alex were just so wonderful in this episode, and it was so great. And obviously, I also loved all the Supercorp stuff, stuff in this episode. Um, so yeah, it was, I don't know, I really liked it. I... I ended up liking it a lot more than maybe I thought I would when, you know, we first heard about Lex and, and Nixley romance, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> and speaking of Lex and Nixley, we pick up the episode directly where we left off with Nixley questioning Lex's, you know, I'm the key to your success line. Basically, he tells her that he's going to help her build the Allstone, and Nixley's like, yeah, sure, a fancy banker, well, sorry, a fancy banker is going to, you know, help me collect seven totems, one of which was already destroyed, and then she almost shoots him. <laughs> so apparently, Nixie's future consciousness manifested Lex into the present uh, through the dream totem, uh, in and... This Lex apparently was from their timeline, but then traveled to the, the 31st century, then fell in love with Nixley, and then now uh, was manifested back to the time where Nixley was alive because she was dead. Um, and in this scene, uh, Lex tells her, basically, look, we're I'm from a future where we are partners, we're friends. And it's so interesting to hear him say that because obviously, as we learn throughout the episode, he's in love with Nixley. Like, they were in a romantic relationship. But when he approaches Nixley about this, he calls them partners, friends. It's like, hello, sound familiar? Like, <laughs> uh, Supercorp, hello? Like, thinking about the 100th episode where Karin and Lena were like, oh my god, we're partners, you know, and... And so, and all the, like, friends, oh, they're just friends. They even say they're friends. Like, well, Lex just called Nixley his friend. At the, even at the end of the episode, Nixley's like, yeah, we could be friends. But you know that they're gonna be kissing by, like, next episode. You know? And f it's just, like, the double standard. The double standard between them and Supercorp is insane. But, um... I also think maybe it could mean, like, Supercorp Endgame. Um, but we'll get into more of that uh, later. And he actually ends up saying, like, two of the most powerful beings in the universe were what they were, like, working together. And again, very similar to the 100th episode where that uh, the cult leader guy was, like, the might of a Luther and a super... You know, it just sounds very familiar. Sounds <laughs> very similar. Um, and Lex basically says that he's here... Uh, in the past now, to help Nixley avoid death while gathering the Allstone, um, and she puts the pieces together about Lex sending Supergirl to the Phantom Zone, because Mitch comes in, and he's like, oh my god, this is Lex Luthor, and she's like, uh, Lex Luthor, like, the guy who sent Supergirl to the Phantom Zone, and she is not about that, so she tries to shoot him, but he, like, portals out of there before he can get shot, 
So at the tower, Kara tells the super friends that she quit Catco and that she wants to be able to catch Nixley off guard. The team splits up with Team Brainy, Lena, Nia, and Kelly headed off to the lab while Kara stays behind to talk with Jean. Um, but before they can actually talk any Nixley business, Alex runs in and she shows them the ring that she's going to use to propose to Kelly tomorrow night. And Alex is basically like, look, tomorrow night is the anniversary of when I knew that I loved Kelly. And it was when they both said that the greatest movie villain of all time was Hans Gruber from Die Hard. And she plans to do it at Al's bar at the same table, have rose petals everywhere, candles everywhere. They're going to break the fire code and Esme's going to help her with everything. And it was just so cute and it was so wonderful to watch because, you know, I love the trio of Alex, Jean, and Kara. Like, they're just the space fam. Like, that's their space dad. And and he's, they're his daughters, you know? <laughs> you know? And I love that trio together. And it was so, just so cute to watch them all, like, freak out about Alex getting married. And, like, I don't know. It was just really wonderful. I loved these moments in this episode that just, like, made the Super Friends feel like such a family. It was just really wonderful. So at Al's, Alex heads straight from the tower to Al's. She picks up Esme, and they're carrying all the supplies they need to set up the place. Also, but also, like, why is Alex bringing a child into a bar? Like, <laughs> I get it. You're a vigilante. You break the law all the time. But, like, come on, queen. <laughs> She's, like, five years old. That is a bar. <laughs> but uh, Alex ends up informing them that... The bar has been booked for a private event, and Alex is like, you, you're booked? You're never booked. You're never even busy. I didn't even know you could be booked. If I did know that, I would have booked you. <laughs> but he's like, you know, I, maybe you could reschedule? Like, there's nothing I could do. But Esme says it has to be the night that Alex realized Kelly was the love of her life. And she actually even says, don't you believe in love, Al? It's like, ugh. She is the most adorable being to ever exist. She is so cute. Oh my god. But unfortunately, there's nothing Al can do. And they're left to go off uh, empty-handed without setting up the bar. At Luther Mansion, Otis is very happy to see Lex. Uh, he tells him that Lillian gave him a board seat. Uh, and that he thinks he's the only one who noticed he was gone. Um, so then Lex reveals that Nixley is the love of his life, and he's like, I'm sorry, what? Which is so true. <laughs> but then even Lex is like, look, she's like a true partner, and it's like, again, with the partner. Again. Like, oh my god. And he's real torn up about uh, all of this. He's like, how am I supposed to get Nixley to love me if she doesn't even like me? Like, what am I supposed to do? And Otis is like, well, dude, if she loved you before, why don't you just, like, do that again? And he's like, oh my god, Otis, you big, beautiful idiot. You are so right. <laughs> um, so at the tower, the super friends tell William their grand plan with the exemption that he won't publish it until Nixley's caught. They talk to Vita again, and she tells them that love is the next totem. And so their plan is, using Lena's magic, she's going to mimic the energy of the totems that they already have in order to create a decoy totem. And so Nixley's mixie ball is going to, uh, like, ping that 
the love totem is in this place and it'll be at this secure location where the team will be waiting to capture her. And of course, we see it's at Lover's Lane because of course it is. And the super friends are staked out. Alex and Kelly are in their car and they're actually talking about Esme and it's so cute. I loved this moment because it felt like such a it felt like such a special couple moment between the two of them like they're literally in their suits kelly doesn't have the helmet on but like they're both in their suits they're hanging out in their car they're at lover's lane you know they're talking about their little daughter and it's so cute and they kelly says the world may throw us a lot of curveballs but the one thing i'm certain about is us and then also in that moment i'm like is alex about to propose because she literally like kind of like pauses and seems like she's gonna say something and I'm like maybe she's just gonna propose right here (laughs) and I think that she kind of genuinely wanted to and really as we see later in the episode I think maybe what deterred her from uh really just like popping the question right there was because of how spontaneously she asked uh Maggie to marry her like three seasons ago um And I think that kind of like deterred her from, you know, just randomly popping the question without a plan, without anything like that. But also, um, before she can really say anything, uh, Nixley shows up and it's showtime. Uh, Nixley grabs the totem and the super friends all step out. Lena comes out from the forest and she creates this magical ring around Nixley to like trap her in. And she begins firing at Lena and the super friends fire back and like, listen guys they need target practice they miss her so many times like are you kidding me (laughs) like next super friends meeting you all need to set up take out the pinball machine (laughs) take out the arcade games set up some targets and do target practice because y'all suck (laughs) um so right when it seems like they've really got her, like they are, they're kicking the shit out of Nixley. Uh, eventually, they end up like hitting her and kicking the shit out of her. Um, there's a kryptonite explosion and Lex shows up. And the visceral reaction from Brainy and Lena uh, is just so good. It's so good. Like him screaming like no when he sees him. And it's just, again, it's like to take you back to episode three of this season where he just is so angry about Lex that he just smashes everything and and he's so angry and you know thinking about what he put him through what Lex put Brainy through during season five it's just like oh my god like you can feel it in the scream that he lets out and then of course Lena is like incensed as well and it's so much so that that she uses her magic to burn up the totem in Nixley's hand and she like drops it because it's just like burning her hand and Nixley says you'll pay for that and then Lex says miss me sis and then they're gone it's like oh my god (laughs) so at Luther Mansion Nixley has no idea how Lena can make a fake totem and fool her crystal ball And it turns out that Lex has been watching Nixley with this tiny drone and Nixley doesn't like that. And Lex is like, I saved you. I did you a favor. Like, come on. Where's the thank you? Like, (laughs) you know, I I did you solid. And she's like, I don't care. Get out. And Lex is like, this is my home. And Nixley's like, fine. And then she leaves. But then after she leaves, Lex is like, I love you. It's like, what? It's just so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, 
at the tower, Kara is under the red sun lamps and comes to with Lena hovering over her, waiting for her to wake up. And of course, she's the only one there. And it's like, oh my god, this is the kind of scene that we've all been waiting for of like Kara being hurt and then Lena like waiting for her to wake up. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and when Kara comes to, she asks if Lena's okay. And Lena's like, hello, I didn't just get blasted with kryptonite. <laughs> but Kara's like, look, I know how hard it must have been to face off with Lex again. And she says that she saw the totem catch fire. And Lena says that she thought she was done with the toxicity that he brought into her life. But when he showed up out of the blue, her rage came back tenfold. She says that her magic is just so tied to her emotions that... Once she saw Lex, it just, she lost control. And the same thing happened to her mother uh, as well, that she just lost control. She says that while Lex is around, it's probably best that she not do magic for the time being uh, for everyone's safety. And Kara says that she totally understands and tells her that she's just, she's so much more to the team and to her than just magic like, look how you healed me. That's what she says. And Lena's like, well, it was just science. And Kara's just really cute. These guys are just so adorable. Like, these scenes are so wonderful together. I mean, I mean, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Katie and Melissa, the crackling connection is just, it just jumps off the screen. They're just such a wonderful duo. And this moment was just so wonderful. I mean, Kara saying... <laughs> Uh, you know, Kara, like, waking up from a coma, a kryptonite-induced coma, to say, oh, Lena, are you okay? Can I get you a snack? Like, that's basically what she said. And <laughs> and also then Lena being like, I think right now I just need to not do magic. It's like, girl, when have you done magic? Every episode it feels like Lena's like, I can't do magic. <laughs> Like, when will she do magic and feel confident in it? I mean, I know that that was basically the end of this episode, is that's what happened. But I feel like we've had, like, three of those moments. <laughs> anyway, though, at CADCO, William tells Andrea about the Lex bombshell, and she tells him to get the expose on Nick's Lex ready to go. Uh, but William tells Andrea that they have to, like, get it right this time, uh, because you remember the trial, and, like, you made us look like idiots. Remember that? Uh, let's not do that again. And... Andrea's like, look, I want the story. I don't care. And and William's like, okay, okay, okay. Let me get my evidence first. I'm going to infiltrate the Luther inner circle somehow, and I'm going to get you your evidence. And Andrea says, okay, fine. Give me, give me your proof. But I'm running the story tonight with or without it. So hurry up. She might as well have just said chop, chop. Like... <laughs> Anyway, so at the tower, Brainy tells everyone that Lex was using tech from the 31st century. He has been to the future. And Kara says, two of the worst villains we've ever faced are working together. I would argue that Rain is, like, up there. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, though, uh, Brainy says they need to use the one weapon that they haven't used yet, the totems. He says they can take away their courage or give them humanity. But Alex is like, look, if we do this the wrong way, we could take away our courage or take away our humanity. And that doesn't sound very good, does it? And Jean and Kara also agree that it's a it's too big of a risk to use the totems in that way. So they decide to use them in more of a defensive way, kind of like Nixley did to create a shield with the dream totem at The Hague. 
But Brainy's like, look, we have to, like, activate the totems in order to do that. And that means that somebody has to pass the courage gauntlet. Ooh, which won't be Kara. <laughs> so in the lab, Lena, Brainy, and Nia are working on utilizing the totem's energy to replicate the shielding technology. And Brainy says that he should have known that Lex would have been drawn to that time. Lena asks if he's talked to the Legion, but he's like, uh, no, I have not. He's like, look, I'm not trying to mess up the space-time continuum, um, and I don't want to make the same mistake I did last time when working using, with you, using information from the future, because obviously, you know, the other brainies were the ones that told him to work with Lex and that it would be imperative and whatever, and they were from the future, and he's like, that didn't work out so well, so I'm not trying to do that again. Uh, <laughs> and Nia ends up going off to try to dream up the love totem's location and she says holler if you need my genius again because of course she's like she gave them another answer in the lab and I'm like go off queen like <laughs> brilliant queen and obviously the whole 31st century connection is how we managed to get the legion back in uh the finale Whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> Can't wait for that, obviously. So with Jean and Kara, they decide Jean should try the Courage Gauntlet this time. He knows the exact time that he lacked true courage, and he feels that it's time to face it. Kara says she'll be beside Jean the whole time, so he says Kursix and enters. And he sees the devastation on Mars, and he uses his psychic powers to knock out all the white Martians, but he still ends up losing his daughters in the end. But despite that, he still showed the courage needed to pass the gauntlet. And then Kara activates the humanity totem. And I really liked that scene of Jean uh, on Mars. I Actually, I, it looked pretty good. I think it's because, like, CGI-wise, it looked pretty good. And it's probably because all of it was CGI, you know? Like, it's not the Martian face trying to... Be next to a human face. Um, but I, I thought it, it looked really good and I, I really loved to see uh, John on Mars again. Like it feels like we've not scratched the entire surface of the Martian Manhunter on the show the way that we should have. And it was just nice to see that again, to see the white Martians, to see the green Martians, to see that conflict on Mars, to see John's daughters. It just felt, it was really cool to see that. So at Luther Mansion, Lex is still really frustrated that Nixley is not falling for his heroic gestures. Otis says that he should just brainwash her. I love Lexi style. And he's like, look, you love a toxic relationship. That's exactly what that is. And Lex is like, look, I do love a toxic relationship, but I love Nixley more. And that she has totally made him a changed man. And Otis is like, well, okay, why don't you just you know, uh, tell her that you love her. <laughs> and Lex is like, you can't just tell a woman how you feel. Are you crazy? <laughs> and it's like, this is very much how, like, this fully lines up with my theory that I'll talk about later in the episode, where, or later, um, where I fully believe that, like, Kara and Lena are hiding their true feelings from each other. And I think that that's hap actually happening in canon. Um, and that just feels like that whole, like, you can't just tell a woman how she, how you feel about her. Like, that feels so very Kara and Lena right now. Like, what they're doing. 
can't just tell her how you feel. Like, why are you crazy? <laughs> but, um, Lex ends up then planting some information with Mitch, who he kidnapped, tied up, and tortured, uh, and tells him actually where the love totem is so that Nixley can find it. He then, uh, takes the info back to Nixley, and he's got, like, this black eye, and Nixley's like, what happened to you? Sorry. What happened to you? And Mitch is like, a book fell on my face. Twice. (laughs) It's like, yeah, sure. Um, but he says that, look, it's, this love totem is definitely at the grave of famous lovers in Portugal, and at the exact same time that this happens, Nia also gets a hit, and they're off to Portugal. In Portugal, Kara arrives with Alex and Jean to get the totem, which is the this, like, rose-looking thing that's, like, attached to the tombstone, or to the, I don't know what you call it, like, the, the thing that they're in. It's, like, a casket, but it's, like, a stone casket. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um... Nixley then arrives, and they start to throw down. Kara tries to use the totems like a shield, but unfortunately, the raw power of the totems in the, like, uh, offensive position is just too strong and too much to handle from the totem's perspective of being used defensively, uh, and they get blown back, uh, then, because of the dream totem energy shot at them, Kara has a nightmare of phantoms, and she actually, like, sees herself turning into a phantom, and as soon as Nixley walks up to the grave, the totem is gone. Kara, after her dream vision and after they kind of do like a, a debrief uh, in Portugal, Kara is still reeling from the phantom nightmare and Brainy has arrived. He says that according to lore, the love totem has actually been known to jump around to different places in history because it's absolutely attracted magnetically to love and repelled by hate. Which Kara says totally makes sense why it repelled Nixley, because she's just so full of hate. Um, Brainy says the totem's energy is much more effective when used as a weapon, which is why the shield just did not hold up. So at Luther Mansion, Lex is playing the piano when Nixley shows up. She tells him that it disappeared, and he kind of gloats about her asking for his help, and she's like, look, this is strictly business. I don't like you. End of story. (laughs) So at the tower, Kara and Jean have a discussion on the balcony. Kara apologizes for thinking that the shield could work, and Jean's like, look, I should have been there for you when you needed me. And he talks to Kara, and he tells her about the gauntlet. He tells her that he fought like hell to stay with his daughters, like, to the death, but he still lost them. And when he saw Kara get hit by the dream totem, he had that same feeling. And Kara says she understands how he feels, and he tells him about her phantom dream. He says that it can't be easy for Kara to be facing Lex for the first time since he sent her to the phantom zone, and she says that it's hard to find hope with the two of them working together. And Jean says, look, maybe both of these things were meant to tell us that we're stronger than our fears. And he says, I can't save my daughters, but I can save you, my family now. Kara then says she thinks they should use the totems as weapons against Lex and Nixley. She says they're too dangerous and they have to use all of their firepower to win this war. Jean says that she could lose her humanity if she used the totem and Kara says that's a risk she's willing to take and she knows of a way she can protect herself. Which is kind of crazy because it's like, 
I think that this lines up with Kara's courage test of, like, having the courage to be human. Uh, but at that moment, she's willing to, like, throw away her humanity. I mean, obviously, she's going to be relying on the protection of Lena, but she's still like, look, even if I do, it'll be worth it to take them down. Which is just so interesting, and I, I think that that's part of the reason why she didn't pass her courage gauntlet, because she has to have the courage to be human, and to be flawed, and to be not right 100% of the time, or, you know, whatever. And it'll be really interesting to see as she, in the next couple of episodes, when when she's going to pass it. Especially... Anyway, anyway, <laughs> in the lab, Kara asks Lena to protect her from losing her humanity with her magic. Lena says that she told her that her magic can't be trusted with Lex involved, and Kara then tells her about her nightmare. She says that her true fear wasn't about being a phantom. It was about losing her humanity altogether. And she says, I've been letting Nixley convince me that if I stoop to her level, I become a monster just like you. But I have this team, this family, to pull me back from the edge. And Lena's like, look, but I'm I'm afraid of hurting you. But Kara tells her that the reason she was so afraid to become Lex for so long was because she had no one to pull her back when she went too far. And now she has her family, the super friends. Lex is not her family anymore. They are. And she says, focus on the good. Use that to fuel your magic and you won't lose control. And Lena agrees. And... I'm going to talk about this a little bit later when we actually see the scene of Lena uh, using her magic, but that line really sticks out to me, so keep that in mind. Focus on the good, use that to fuel your magic. Keep that in the back of your skull. <laughs> so in the uh, PI part of the tower, William approaches Alex. He's like, hey, shouldn't you be getting engaged? And Alex is like, no, Al was booked. Uh, she says maybe it would just be best to postpone the proposal with, uh, you know, until they can capture Lex and Nixley. And she brings up how Kelly was engaged before and how she was too. And she says that she proposed on a complete whim with no plan and no preparation and that it just felt right in the moment, but that relationship ended anyway. William then tells her that, look, you guys are two of the strongest people ever, and your relationship is probably the strongest relationship I've ever seen in my whole life. And when Lex is around, there's no promise of tomorrow. So if you have love to give, give it now. And it's like, yeah, that was a really great uh, little speech, but it's like, why William? <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel in every scene he's in. It's like, you could replace... You could have replaced William with Brainy in that moment. You could have replaced William with Nia in that moment. And I get it. The Unfortunately, it all comes down to the fact that it's like all of these people are busy trying to take down Nixley. That it's like, really, William is the only one that has the time to like run around and do heart-to-heart -heart conversations with people. But still, it's just really annoying. So Lex ends up blending technology and magic from the future to help Nixley fix her crystal ball, and he says that she helped him uh, to do that in the future. She asks what she will be like when she gets all the Allstone, and uh, Lex tells her that she does get her revenge, and he says maybe that's why you were drawn to, to me, you know, because you weren't so driven by revenge. You were open to uh, a friendship. <laughs> And so then they end up getting a hit on the love totem, and they're off. 
at Al's. Surprise! It was Kelly who booked the place. And I think it was really obvious that it was Kelly who booked the place. <laughs> but I do love a double proposal, so I am okay with it. <laughs> Esme is waiting with them, and she says, You two had the same plan. It's fate. And Kelly says that she knew she had to propose tonight because it's the anniversary of the first time she realized she loved her. Of course, the same exact moment as Alex when they both said Hans Gruber as the best movie villain of all time. It's like, you can't get any cuter than that of having the exact same moment that you fell in love with each other. Like, are you kidding? It's just so wonderful. Um, and Kelly's speech to Alex in this moment was just so wonderful, and Ozzy's performance was just so good. She made me tear up so much, and she kind of ends it with saying, you are the, my perfect match, and when I'm with you, my soul feels complete. And it's like, oh my god. Like, she, uh, it's just such a wonderful scene, and it's, I mean, like I said, Ozzy's performance, she's, like, crying, and, and it's just so heartfelt and so wonderful, and, uh, I loved it. I loved it. But Kelly pulls out a little black box and is like, Alex Danvers. But then Alex is like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, stop. Nope, nope, stop, stop that. I wanted to be the one to do it first. <laughs> but before Alex can actually like pull out her own little black box, she <laughs> ends up pulling the love totem out of her pocket. Uh-oh. And then Nixley and Lex show up. And then Kelly whips out the shield and Esme calls for Supergirl. Supergirl and Jean show up and they fight Lex and Nixley together. And then we see in the lab, Lena is like started this fire to, to I don't know, to protect Kara's humanity. And uh, Kara in the midst of battle is like, Brainy, how's Lena doing? And, she, and he replies, she's getting her emotions in check. Um, and again, I mean, like I said, talked about earlier, you remember, like, use your, use the good to fuel your magic, and it's like, hello, you can't tell me that Lena's magic in this moment was not motivated by her love for Kara, not her hatred of Lex. Like, she was incensed by Lex, obviously, earlier in the episode, but instead of focusing on her hatred of Lex, in this moment, her magic actually works because she's focusing on the love that she has for Kara and the need and desire to protect Kara that really she's had her their entire relationship. I mean, I've talked about it before, but the kind of uh, the dynamic that Supercorp had on Lena's end up until she found out Kara's secret was that Lena was the protector of Kara. She protected Kara an infinite amount of times. And so for them to go back to that dynamic, even though now she knows that Kara's Supergirl, it just is so awesome. I mean, it's, it's great. And like I said, I just think that it was her love for Kara that motivated this success instead of uh, her hatred for Lex. So Kara got to kick Nixley's ass for once. She hits her with a uh, uh, freeze breath <laughs> and she actually gets like encased in ice, which is really funny. Um, and then Kara says, Lena, it's your turn. You've got this. And Nixley breaks from the ice just when Lena says, now, and Kara uses the humanity totem to flood Nixley with humanity. 
But then Lex attacks Jean, and Nixley uses the Dream Totem to push back against the Humanity Totem. And Lex gets thrown, and the Love Totem is right there in front of him, but he sees that Nixley is about to die because now Jean, Kara, and Brainy are all wailing on her. And he can't do it. He can't grab the Love Totem. So he gets them both out of there without getting the totem. And Jean accidentally hits the totem with the full power of the courage gauntlet or the of the courage totem and it turns it black. Uh-oh. So at Al's, the super friends realize they basically killed the love totem. Uh-oh. <laughs> By hitting it with the courage totem. Uh, and Kelly's like, does that mean all the love in the world is diminished? Like, did we just like take all the love out of the world? And Alex is like, no. <laughs> you want to know why I know that? Because of all the pockets of all the people on this planet, the love totem wound up in mine because of all the love I have for every single one of you. And then she calls Kelly over. She says that, hey, if I thought that if we didn't have the perfect proposal, our future would be doomed, which I think is what stopped Alex from blurting it out in the car earlier in the episode. Um, and she says they even loved each other through the end of the universe. Not even that could tear us apart. And she tells her that you are the person I want to die. I want to watch Die Hard with for the rest of my life. Will you marry me? And Kelly says, yes, of course. Yes. And then they kiss and then and Esme runs up to hug them. And then the super friends join in. And it's so wonderful. Everybody's so happy. It's such a great moment. And it's like, this is the kind of stuff that we need at the end of the show. I mean, you know, like, this is the kind of shit that we need to see between the fighting, between the hardships, between the, the high emotions and the high intensity. We needed this proposal. We needed this wedding. We needed this happiness between this couple. And it's just so wonderful. And Kyler and Ozzy did such phenomenal jobs with uh this episode with portraying this proposal it just they really like tugged on my heartstrings and honestly just like brought to it that level of like care and respect that I know that they have for this couple and I just I adore it so much it's just so great uh I loved it it I honestly could not imagine a better proposal scene so with Nixlex, he removes all the totem's energy from Nixley, and she asks why he let the love totem get away to save her. And he tells her that he loves her, and that when she died, a part of him died too. He says, look, I hate everyone, and I knew that I'd navigate the world alone, but there she was. And he says, there you were. This radiant, powerful being, vibrating with your own brilliant madness, and then I met you. And it's like, oh my god, the super corp of it all. Like, are you kidding me? Like, season five, episode seven, anybody? Like, hello? What? I mean, if anybody remembers, I know that you all do. Lena saying, you know, you, and then I met you. You came along with your kindness and your warmth and you tipped away at my armor, all that stuff. Like, what? It's intentional at this point that it like it has to be. There's no other explanation. It is literally intentional that they are using Lex and Nixley to parallel Kara and Lena. Like there is no if ands or buts about it. Like it is intentional. Like you don't just use and then I met you like uh, casually, <laughs> you know? Like 
Especially when you used it in one of, like, the highest emotional intensity moments of the entire series. Like, that moment is such a highlight for the entire series that you don't just reference it willy-nilly. Like, that's, like, a thing that... I mean, I don't know. It just... It's real. Like, they are using Nyxlex to parallel Supercorp. Like, it's literally happening. Supercorp is happening. Anyway. So, Nyxley says that they can be friends. And, of course, it's like, again, we're using friends, partners, all of these things that have been referred... That have... Uh, that Car and Lena have been referred to as. And it's like, again, with all of these romance complications... How does this, how can I make this about Supercorp? But it's, it is about Supercorp. Like, it just is, you know? Anyway. So at the tower, they're all celebrating the engagement with everyone. Everyone has champagne, and Esme's like, ahem. And Jean makes her a little Shirley Temple. And at the party, though, Brainy's looking like a little bit of a sad sack, and him and Nia have a conversation on the balcony. She says that she wants to get dancing matching motorcycles, and I'm like, girl, with what money? Anyway. <laughs> and Brainy laughs a little bit, but he just doesn't really lighten up. And he's just really thrown by Lex's behavior. And he says that they need to know more about what he got up to in the 31st century. But his thing is, he just doesn't want to repeat the mistakes that he made in the past. And Nia says, look, you won't, because this time we don't have secrets. And again, it's like another Supercorp parallel. It's like Car and Lena, you know, emphasizing at the end of last season, at the beginning of this season, look, we don't have secrets anymore. Now we can be partners, we can be friends, we can be, you know, together now. And it's like for them to be like, yeah, because this time now we don't have any secrets. Are you kidding me? So then they decide together to call the future. They call, they're going to call the Legion. Oh, great. Oh, great. So then Lena shows up in the elevator and Kara's like, there you are, you almost missed the party. And she purposefully had a glass of champagne waiting for her and everything, and she just smiled so bright. Kara then thanks Lena for taking that risk, saying she protected her from losing a part of herself. And she says, you almost, you always do. And Lena says, well, you protected everybody else. And it's like, of course, that is their dynamic. Like, that is, that is it. That is, that's the dynamic of them and like Olyssey and like West Allen and like everybody like yes the superhero protects the city and protects everybody and saves everybody but their lover their partner their other half protects them you know it's like who's gonna look out for them and it's it's Lena it's Felicity it's Iris it's Ava it's you know all of these <laughs> other halves to these superheroes that it just, like, again, I just, the Supercorp vibes are off the charts. So then Lena then says that it should be her thanking Kara for pushing her to use her magic because, and she says, I now know for sure. And then there's a pause, like a very pregnant pause. And then she says, I really am free of Lex. But it's like, this feels exactly like that moment. A couple of episodes when Kara was like, I'm, I, uh, I'm terrified like ugh, there is a confession waiting in there like bubbling under the surface from each of these two and it's like it uh, they're both 
they both are like sitting on these confessions. It's insane. And even the look that Lena gets after after she says that kind of makes because she kind of like looks down, looks off to the side, kind of I don't know. It just looks like she's hiding something. And it's like, of course she is. And remember, Vita, she's like, I'll keep your secrets. Like, secrets? More than one? Like, magic? And what's the other one? What's the other one, Vita? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what it is. Because <laughs> I think I know what it is. I think it's that she loves Kara. And just like, even... I don't know. And then they clink glasses. It's very cute. It's just, I don't know, the romantic implications of it. And for me... You know, if you think about the structure of this episode, so we have, we go from dance and proposal to then Nixley and Lex, love confession. Then we have Brainy and, and Nia, where Bra- uh, Nia is supporting Brainy and says, look, we don't have any more secrets. I'll be your by your side the whole time, basically. And then, then we go to Supercorp. So it's like we literally went from each of the duos and they are... They are intentionally setting Supercorp up as one of those duos. I mean, even if you've if you've seen the newest uh, Supergirl radio, I don't listen to Supergirl radio, but this little uh, clip popped up on my on my timeline on Twitter, and basically it was the hosts being like, "Look, this is weird. Like, why are they? Why is it that every episode ends with?" Uh, Kara and Lena talking in the in the like cool down and the wind down part of the episode and it's like hello because they're trying to set them up as something like come on guys get with the program Uh, you know like it is so crystal clear at this point that Danson, Nick Slex, Brainia, and Supercorp are their key duos like they are setting Supercorp up to be on par with them like to have equal footing in the show as them and I mean for Kara to be standing around waiting for Lena to show up like that is just so romantic that is the romantic implications of it all it's just insane anyway though we then see William uh declining a call from Andrea as he meets with Otis in order to embed with the Luther camp but he's so dumb because, hello, sir, if uh, Nixley and Lex are working together, she's going to recognize you. Like, come on. Oh, my God. So at CatCo, Andrea's really frustrated with William's, you know, flakiness. And she's like, you know what? Fine, I'll do it myself. And she becomes a Krata and sn- smokes into Luther Mansion where she finds Lex's diary. <laughs> With a love confession for Nixley in it. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) He just had his diary open on the table and it's like, you are the love of my life. We're going to burn the skies together. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) And then with uh, Lex and Nixley, Lex reveals that, surprise, he's got the hope totem. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Turns out you can't actually destroy a totem. It'll just turn into something else and so the super friends ended up actually destroying the love totem and then we see as the essence of the totem has now flowed into esme because she's just so loved oh god and as she gets a full tattoo on the back of her neck which i mean i have to assume does not stay that way i mean unless it does and they are just like esme when did you get a tattoo (laughs) But it's like, oh, God, my poor baby. 
And obviously the the synopses for the last couple of episodes have come out and in episode 19 uh the synopsi the synopsis uh said that there would be a loved one who gets kidnapped and I think as of right now we can all guess that it is Esme uh cuz they're trying to I don't know what they're going to do with her like cuz what if what if they pass the love gauntlet like does she just like turn into a totem does she just like disappear I don't know I don't want to know I don't want to know. Anyway, <laughs> I hope that my, our little girl is okay. Because right now, yes, she is Danson's child, but she's also my child. And she's our daughter. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, so next week is the Truth Totem. And, I mean, like I said, I think that Kara and Lena's non-confessions are going to end up culminating into the Dream Totem. Or, excuse me, the, the Truth Totem in this episode. Like... It has to. I mean, there's, I feel like there's just been so much leading up to this that something is going to culminate into something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And the trailer, though, showed Alex and Kelly's double bachelorette party, which looks like it's going to be unbelievably fun. Um, also, we know that by the end of the season, William dies. Well, we don't know for sure, but it's like heavily speculated. And. I'm not sure if it'll happen this way, but I'm kind of thinking that William is going to die in episode 19 when they kidnap Esme. I don't know. I don't know when he's going to die. Like, maybe, because I'm, I'm looking at this bachelorette party and there's no Esme to be seen, so it's like, who's watching her? Maybe it's William, because they took this episode to establish that he's, like, close with Alex and Kelly for some reason. And so maybe he offers to watch Esme while, you know, the they're having that bachelorette party and then it gets him killed while he's trying to protect Esme. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Definitely. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, so that is all I have for this week, you guys. I obviously my hopes for Supercorp are astronomical. And I don't want anyone to take this as me, like, trying to get everybody's hopes up and then if it doesn't happen, you know, everybody's so sorely disappointed. But, I mean, at this point, this is just how I feel about what we're seeing on screen, about what the Supergirl writers are choosing to show us, what they are highlighting, what they're emphasizing, what these last couple of episodes have been about and what Supercorp means in the grand scheme of all of these episodes. And so that's just what I see. I obviously urge everybody to continue to watch the show with a great deal of caution. Um, you know, with <laughs> take my hype with a grain of salt, unfortunately. But I'm off the deep end with it. I'm going to be really uh, surprised if Supercorp doesn't happen, at least implicitly. Like, I think really, if anything, we would get kind of like a Korosami ending where... Um, they kind of just like hold hands into the sunset sort of thing. Um, although I want a kiss, so I'm like campaigning for a kiss, but yeah. So anyway, that's all I have though. Uh, let me know what you guys thought of this episode in the comments below. what do you think about Nixlex? Do you think Supercorp's happening? Am I crazy? Uh, what about the dance and proposal? How'd you feel about that? I loved it personally. Um, and yeah, so anyway, uh, you can tweet me at TelevisedPod, let me know what you think, and don't forget to rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.